how's it going? Uh, Michael McQuaid here, Irish NFL show, Monday night. Uh, nobody's turned up, which is a bit embarrassing for us as a company and a, and a brand. That's a joke. Uh, here's the lads, Colin, Brian, Mark. Uh, how are we doing? Week two, Monday night football. Uh, bank holiday for me up here to this. I'm, I'm very, very slow to the... Uh, to the enthusiasm I'm, I'm going to get into it now lads but obviously uh, a big night of uh, a double Monday Night Football and Colm uh, a warm welcome to you how are you doing man you alright? Uh, good Michael I, I feel almost hoarse this evening from joining in with the Broncos fans in helping the team out to realise that there's an actual play clock in the, the game um, I, a new addition obviously that the NFL brought in just this year given the uh, struggles that the Broncos and Nathaniel Hackett seem to be having currently. Brian, uh, we'll just get out of the way now. You're obviously not going to pick the Eagles tonight. Um, I haven't made me pick yet, Michael. I'll, I'll refer to that later on in the show. I don't want to ruin it for everyone who's jumped on <laughs> just to see if I'm going to pick the Eagles. Um, this witching hour is becoming just truly uh, unbelievable to watch every week. Uh, we're only two weeks into the season and there's so many talking points and some of the games last night which looked... Totally over and, and blowouts. Somehow teams came back and had miraculous comebacks, and it, it sets sets the scene up for again. Another great Monday night with two games tonight, and uh, I'm sure we're going to get into lots of uh, bits and pieces around all these games. Mark, how are we doing? Uh, a big week, a big week two in the NFL. We are now uh, outside of two weeks away from London town. Uh, it's it's getting good. Uh, Michael, it never never ceases to be good. Um, I'm reminded in 1986, Michael, Graham Gooch turned around to Ian Botham and asked him, who writes your scripts? He'd come back from a ban for marijuana use. His first ball back, he takes a wicket. His second over, he then breaks the world record for most wickets. And Gooch's line was, who writes your scripts? That's my line to the NFL every single week of the regular season. Like, who writes these scripts? We thought last week the witching hour was crazy and unbelievable and madness. And in this week, we had two of the most improbable comebacks of all time, let alone all the other great drama that went on. So who writes this, Michael? Writes I didn't it? get any of that. Let's just, I don't know who that is. So let's let's just go on. We're presented by Cassidy Travel, Ireland's biggest travel agent. Check out the information in the bio, both on the podcast and the email. Email Jamie if you want to go on your own NFL-style holiday between now and Christmas. Or the fact that you've now got week 17 and 18, the other side of Christmas or the other side of Crimbo. Check it out. You can have your own holiday uh check out the link for game pass as well in the bio and a warm welcome to everyone watching live uh, or listening to a podcast and we are sort of blown away folks by the support in the podcast so thank you all very very much and obviously blown away by the people that are watching on youtube and twitter as well uh if you are watching live please do leave some questions comments and we'll get back to that at some point in the broadcast tonight and we will give as much um as much detail and attention as we can but let's let's get into the first segment of this broadcast tonight and we're going to look back on what was a stellar week two uh, once we do that uh, we will look at the game picks for tonight there's a double monday night football so by the top of the hour we'll give our picks as well for those two games uh, let's start off column the browns um joe flacco uh, <laughs> the browns had a 13 point lead 
over the Jets and Joe Flacco completely ruined them at the end turning back the years literally with a, a stunning win and it was only one surprise in what was an absolutely insane insane NFL Sunday but hell of a comeback from the Jets Robert Salas said he was keeping receipts if anybody's keeping receipts you might want to look at my picks yesterday uh, sweet Jesus huh? Well, this uh, was a, a, a huge shock. In fairness, most people didn't give the Jets any chance uh, against the the Browns. Uh, but kudos to to the Jets and kudos to Flacco, and they seem to have certainly found themselves a wide receiver in Garrett Wilson, who was outstanding. And it would have been very easy again for the heads to drop. One thirty three left, down thirteen points. It, it should highlight to everyone around the, the league that games are never over. And truly, you know, the it's a cliche. Any given Sunday, it exists for a reason. And, you know, I, I've heard a lot of talk, I suppose, today about how Chubb should have gone down um, in, instead of running in that, that touchdown. I think it's going to be very, very hard to... Um, you know, get a player not to actually score. I think it was much more on the the Browns' defense, their inability to to stop the Jets. But Flacco, you know, in those last uh, couple of tries, he was marching down the the field at, at will, and that is not something I expected, and not something we've seen in a while. So yeah, kudos to the Jets, a great comeback and a great win. Halloween for the Jets, Brian. Uh, Gart Wilson looked at one point like he might be severely injured and then he just played on. Not an issue whatsoever. Yeah, he showed that. He showed last night the attributes to why he was the 10th pick in the first round and he was highly sought after by a number of teams. You know, we saw the lines move up to 12 very quickly after to take a wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, he had a big, you know, he had a big game. That's, But I do want to go back to the Chubb thing for a piece. I know Colin is right when he's saying that you can understand why Chubb has run the touchdown in. He's probably thinking, it, with all due respect, it's the Jets. We've got a strong defence. We're 13 points up. And, and again, he, he was expecting the kicker who had a solid game last week, the, the rookie to kick an extra point, which he then goes and misses. But a couple of years ago, Chubb had a similar scenario where he was running down the sideline. All the people playing fancy, all the people had money on him to score a touchdown. What expects him to run it in? And when he got to the one-yard line, he walked off the field and he said, I needed to take the ball out because Celtic that won the game so I was quite surprised to see having seen it before with that particular player that he didn't do the exact same thing what about that blown coverage like I know that we're saying about Flacco went up and down the field but the, the initial touchdown to get themselves in a position to go for the onside kick blown coverage I mean there was no blown coverages all day by and large when, with this Browns and then this, they go missing at the wrong time and then Mary Cooper he scores a touchdown in the game and then how the hell he muffs that in terms of like you bring your best players on for onside kicks your wide receivers are the most solid hands for him not to take that ball to be honest it's unforgivable for, for the Browns team that should be really 2-0 and they're, they're reading off it they're very difficult to be I mean this one could stench and stay with him for quite some time Hell of an NFL Sunday, Mark, and obviously talking about this first game, as I have volume up on my four computer screens that we're talking about right now, uh, this was some performance from the Jets to turn it around and really shut a lot of people up in the league, including, I think, everybody here, because there's been Jets fans calling us out for weeks now on Twitter, um, and Patriots fans, hi everyone. Um, hell of a performance, and really impressive as well. It's great to see them give Robert Sala and, and that management, especially Mr. Lafleur on the offense, uh, a chance, and they, and they deserve that result yesterday. No, they, they absolutely do, Michael. I think it's fair to say that 
we've been pretty complimentary of Robert Sala as a coach, and I've certainly called out the fact that I think he's got a great, uh, he is a great coach. Um, there's always just been the question: Do they have enough uh, talent on the field? And you know, Joe Flacco starting, he certainly rolled back the clock. There's a few quarterbacks uh, that we've called out from time to time, and many people in the media have called out from time to time that uh, uh, week two certainly made uh, statement performances. And we never doubted, I don't think, that the defense on the Jets would substantially improve. And they definitely did this weekend. Um, but there is a question to be said. I mean, yes, Flacco led the, the team down twice. But to what extent did the Jets win it and the Browns lose it? And we can talk about that in another big game I'm sure we'll come to very shortly. It's not just the Chubb decision. You know, Kareem Hunt went out of bounds on one occasion uh, when he could have kept the clock running. Cade York, let's not forget, he was the GOAT last week. He's certainly the GOAT this week as well, but on the opposite end of the spectrum because he missed the extra point. If he doesn't miss the extra point, the game's still going to uh, overtime unless the Jets go for two. So his miss after that Chubb touchdown is pretty critical in the whole scheme of things. The Chubb decision we can analyze to and fro, but still there's so many opportunities for them to do something differently. I mean, how about recover the onside kick instead of trying this weird shepherd in it to the sidelines nonsense that seemed to occur. Fair play to the Jets. They made the plays. And we talked a little bit about how Brian Dayball was fired up after week one with the Giants. Did you see the reaction of Robert Salah after the game scene interception? That is a man who's fired up and also has a team that's fired up for him. Like their reaction to him genuinely uh, was quite inspiring as well. So, you know, huge, huge kudos to the Jets. We don't get to say it very often. I think it's the first time since 2010 that the Jets, Giants and Jaguars uh, and Lions, sorry, have won on the same day. So, you know, dreams can come true, Michael. The Jets, remember, only put up nine points in week one. Um in in the game yesterday they gained 402 yards of offense and scored 14 points in the game's final minute and 22 seconds with joe flacco a quarterback the question that i have for cleveland is we can sit here and we can make complaints about the quarterback saying that well he's out uh he's out until week 13 he's not gonna, he's not gonna be back until that texans game well if your defense isn't gonna show up then what's the point the secondary looks completely inept at the minute and i just can't see how if they play like that for the next four or five weeks that they'll continue to win a game i mean who did cleveland beat week one lads the carolina panthers who went and lost to the new york giants yesterday i mean literally and look fair, fair play to the giants and I'm, I'm sure no doubt that they're probably one of the discussion points in this broadcast today so we'll talk about them at a later point but i i don't know what to say about the browns and i, I just don't get the I don't get the whole hype train now and I don't think they'll perform well enough uh, before Deshaun Watson comes in uh, and talking about Deshaun Watson just to call out some of the fans of the Cleveland Browns and, and the way that they were uh, going on yesterday and so I, I'm not going to go into detail on it but I can't root for that and I think any football fan outside of the Browns and look there's Browns fans in Ireland and I'm sure they're very conflicted but the fan base a lot of the fan base were letting themselves down yesterday and I don't frankly as an NFL fan have time for that so I'm, I'm delighted for the Jets who deserve and they're putting a lot of effort in regardless of the whole situation with Zach Wilson being injured at the minute they're putting the effort in you can see the dividends being paid off yesterday and uh, fair play to them you know one thing with Jacoby Brissett like we, we spoke during the offseason around the fact that he's purely going to be a game manager by and large but he did game manage the game very well like it was a complete meltdown they had 13 forced downs in the fourth quarter alone like, there's an offense that finds out what does put themselves in a position to win the game. And you can't put it on 
like him, you know, he's played two games, but you know, season. he didn't give he didn't give away any any interceptions last week, and uh, he he won the game essentially, and then they have this complete meltdown. So, I I don't think we should be dismissing the Browns just yet because of this game. We've seen many times in, in the league, like we won't get into this game in too much detail, but we saw what the Falcons, the Falcons had the ball at the end to beat the Rams, and you just never know on any given Sundays to see. Look, Brian, just one thing is the last 2,229 teams to have a lead of 13 points or more in the last two minutes of the game all won. The last team to fail this miserably and lose in such spectacular fashion were the Browns in 2001 against the Bears. This is a reminder, your weekly reminder, if anyone needs it, God hates Cleveland. There we go. Lovely. I don't know how this was on top of the list, but uh, let's let's talk about this. A quarterback in the league yesterday um, <laughs> threw for 318 yards, three touchdowns, and I said that as loud as possible on the audio podcast, shouting it down the down the speakers, and rushed for 119 yards. Never mind the fact that his two main wide receivers in Bateman, um, sorry, his two main receivers in Bateman and Mark Andrews had over 200 yards on the day alone. But then go to the other side of the ball because Tua, Tua yesterday had six touchdowns and 470 yards. Um, it's a real pity column that we have peaked as a league in week two. There's no game this season's going to be better than this. There will be no game statistically that will be better than this. And I, I asked this last night, I'll ask it again. Who in the hell, regardless, I, I don't care if you have Tyreek Hill or Waddle or Gasicki or anybody, who in the hell lets in 28 points in the fourth quarter to any team? I mean, don't get me wrong, it was unbelievable from the Dolphins. But what's going on in Baltimore as well? Like, It's just insane. What a game, man. Well, the reason the Jets uh, were, were top, I, I uh, told Brian that because I think the Jets deserve some love. And in fairness, to one, one, I go back to it, 133 and 13 points down. Um, phenomenal. This was a phenomenal performance as well, obviously, from Tua and, and the Dolphins. Um, I I can't say you know they like to come back in the manner they did, but the the Ravens have uh, injury issues and the Dolphins have the speed like we have not seen in the the league in terms of Waddle and Tyreek Hill and they have a head coach in Mike McDaniel who is incredibly creative and is using them in all sorts of interesting ways. So the ways in which they're they're lining up, um, it you know, creates confusion. This was great. This was like one of those old kind of heavyweight boxer fights that, that you used to, to see because there was a lovely creativity from the Ravens as well. And Lamar was at his brilliant best. But if the Dolphins can keep their team fit, they are going to cause all sorts of trouble because how do you keep up with Tyree Kill and uh, Jalen Waddle and Mark's Mark's guy Gazicki was even getting in on on the fun yesterday. So I am intrigued to see what Mike McDaniel could do. It's only week two. It, things are are still settling down there. There will be ups and downs. They're not going to win. It. They're not going to be able to come back, and they can't allow themselves to get get into to holes like that again. But um, I was very impressed. Uh, with the the Dolphins' offense yesterday, Brian. Um, if they play the guy every week, they're going to win the AFC East. Yeah. 
yeah, if they're given, if two was given all the time in the world to throw the ball down the field, like he wasn't in late in the game because the first half they pressured him nonstop and he couldn't he couldn't manage it. And then in this in towards the late to a quarter, four quarter, the Ravens only uh, rushed two, and then they went zero coverage on Tyreek Hill throughout the course of the game. Last week the Patriots doubled up on Tyreek Hill and he still had a reasonably good game. Didn't score a touchdown, but his stats were still quite high. They went zero coverage throughout the course of the fourth quarter. And there's 28 points off 21 players. Like, at what stage did they not realise that Tyreek Hill is one of the fastest wide receivers in the league and they continue to allow him to go zero coverage with a new defensive coordinator that must be, I mean, Harman must be saying, what were you doing there? Um, you, there were so many plays in this game that were explosive. Like, the Ravens had six, six explosive plays in the game and they scored three touchdowns off them. So usually when you score three touchdowns through a game, you're also eating into a lot of clock. There was so much time left in the game. Okay, I'm not saying that... It was ever like they were going to come back at being 21 points down going into fourth quarter. But there was, they didn't run out the clock. They didn't have these long drives which end the clock and tore down that Dolphins defense. So it was like quick boom, 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 touchdowns. And there was two fourth downs in the game by the Ravens that they went for and they didn't get any points off. The one which they fumbled, you know, if they take three points there, there was that, I know it's only three points, but still the momentum and the direction of the game may, may change. And then there was another one where they went for a fourth down in, in the middle of the field and they didn't get it. So... It's a it's a what if scenario. Tyreek in 191 yards and two touchdowns, but I just couldn't understand why they didn't adjust to secondary. Bearing in mind they were getting injuries and they were bringing players in, why they just didn't double double team them, jam them at the line, put someone in behind them, like what like what the Cardinals did to Devontae Adams throughout the course of that game. So they've uh, yeah, it's an incredible comeback. But two got so much time in the fourth quarter. Um, but I, I did say at the start of the season I felt they would run the Bills close, so it doesn't surprise me that McDonald's is getting this reaction out of his team. Mark, uh, we're on course now for something out of the wire with Lamar Jackson. The Bills going up every week for this guy in Baltimore. Um, are we going as far as 280, 290 million? If he, can t- if he continues to play the guess because Tua played incredible, but Lamar Jackson still had one hell of a game. And Lamar deserves a huge amount of credit and his uh, price point only goes up uh, every week that goes by. Um, he's certainly bet on himself this season, him and his mother, to negotiate uh, his contract. Um, and yeah, the price point definitely goes up for Baltimore. I mean, let, let's be honest, they still put 38 points on the board. I mean, a Miami winning the AFC if they play like that every week? The answer is no, because their defense needs to substantially improve. But I don't want to take away from what is a historic comeback and historic performance. I mean, we just talked about the stats for the Browns game. I know this is bandied around. Oh, and 777, 771. That's what the record was for teams being behind by 21 plus points in the fourth quarter. Um, again, 2011, I think, was the last time a team had come back from this size of a deficit. So, again, it's a monumental achievement to come back how they did. Um, records were set all over the place. Hill and Waddle, first teammates in history, in NFL history, to have 10-plus catches, two touchdowns, and 150 receiving yards each. So this question about whether these explosive speedy threats could uh, kind of enliven what had been a bit of, bit of a moribund uh, Dolphins offense last year have been affirmatively answered. And Tua, take a bow. I mean, yes, you are the only quarterback in the entire league though who never goes by his surname on broadcasts because, you know, they'll call out Jackson, they'll call out Rogers, they'll call out Brady, and they'll come to Tua and they'll go, and Tua throws. Um, I can empathize. I can understand that to, to a large extent. However, you know, I've definitely been critical of him. I've questioned his ability to throw a deep ball. In that fourth quarter, he threw some amazing deep balls. And what was it, 467 yards? 
six touchdowns, one off the NFL record. I mean, this wasn't just a performance. This was, okay, he had two picks in there as well. We must acknowledge that. But this was one of the greatest performances in the entire franchise history of the Miami Dolphins. And considering they had Dan Marino for 18-odd years, uh, that is exalted company to be in. So enjoy it, Dolphins fans. Enjoy it, anyone who has supported Tua during this time. And let's see what the rest of the season holds. It's certainly going to be fun next week, as you say. Really looking forward to that game. I'm sure that'll be on TV next week, if you don't know what I'm talking about. The Bills are playing the Dolphins at 6 o'clock on Sunday. So can we all light a metaphoric candle or do whatever you do to pray in any certain religion? Just everyone pray that that game's on TV on Sunday. Um, Mike McDaniel, Tua, the confidence that he has now. Like I, I thought he would completely combust on the last play yesterday before they got the final touchdown and he proved everyone wrong that that offense wasn't just amazing it was fun to watch and the fact was it 4.9 yards of separation for uh, Tyreek Hill <laughs> how can you cover Hill and Waddle and never mind Gasicki you can't that could be a huge x factor for him down the stretch if they can keep if they can keep them healthy but more so if they can keep them fit so we will see what happens um and look very very good time for Dolphins fans I would go as far as saying because I don't think the Ravens are getting as much love today they shouldn't because they you know completely bottled the lead but there still are many many positives there that I'm sure we'll talk about throughout the season and uh, Lamar Jackson looks incredible he can be a franchise quarterback an MVP type performance yesterday even though his, the, the, the other quarterback in the field had an incredible performance and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do down the stretch um, that is the end of this segment on recapping on a on a Monday night for a Sunday week two of the NFL season uh, do stick along if you're listening live and if you're on the podcast network you can check out the other segments where you get your podcasts podcasts.